it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I'd pay for vacations with whatever was in my wallet, but I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. You're tuned in to the Investing for Beginners podcast. Finally, step-by-step premium investment guidance for beginners. Led by... Andrew Sather, and Dave Ahern, to decode industry jargon, silence crippling confusion, and help you overcome emotions by looking at the numbers. Your path to financial freedom starts now. All right, folks, well, welcome to Investing for Beginners podcast. This is episode 92. Tonight, Andrew and I are going to read some listener questions and take a few minutes to answer those. This is going to be kind of a refresher episode on some basics, some things that we haven't talked about in a while. We wanted to give everybody kind of a refresher on some of those and also to help some people that are just joining the podcast now that might feel like they might be a little bit overwhelmed. So I thought we thought this would be a great time to talk a little bit about some some of the old basics because that's always the foundation for everything you ever want to do. So with the first one, Andrew, you're going to go ahead and read the first question and then we'll talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Uh, and I'll also add the disclaimer, if you're brand new and this is something where you're an absolute beginner and you're looking to get some really basic stuff, obviously listen, continue listening to this episode, but we also have a couple of series that we've done that are basically targeted towards people who you know might not know anything about investing, personal finance, or any of those sorts of things. So starting on episode 43, we have what we call Back to the Basics, and it's a five-part series, getting you an introduction on stocks, Wall Street, other sorts of investments, why investing works, how it works, what are some easy ways to implement it. And then starting episode 60, we did a personal finance series, also five-part, um, talking about some of the basics. Uh you know, we get into like some of the nitty gritty there where it's like, okay, well, what kind of account do I open if I want to invest? And so that's the second episode, episode 61. And I would definitely, definitely recommend, I know not every listener goes through the archives and, and looks, but there's a lot of gold in our archives. And we obviously cover a wide variety of talk- topics. So would recommend doing that if you're just starting out. So this was a cool email we got, and I think I wanted to read this before we got into some of the the beginner questions here, because it was very inspiring. Um, A lot of the stuff that we like to talk about, me and Dave, and kind of getting some perspective from somebody who's already done it. So we got this email from Curtis H., and he said, 
Hi, Andrew. And I'm going to summarize um, parts of this, but basically Curtis says he was talking to a coworker, uh, found out that he invests and the timing was great because Curtis was just starting to educate himself about the stock market. So he says he's talking to this new friend at work. He's like, what do you do in the market? And he tells me uh, he's 44 years old and about to retire in three years. Him and his wife already have a beach house in Florida. So he said, you know, how did this happen? He says his story is when he was 18, he noticed his grandpa who had just a regular middle-class job all of his life, had a bunch of money. And so he was interested, you know, how did grandpa have this money? So he found out that his grandpa was investing with a few different companies that offered the drip programs. That's dividend reinvestment programs. If, if you're brand new to the podcast, that's something we talk about over and over and over again. And so he did, he did research on some of these companies and, and he bought stock and did the drip programs with that. And now, you know, his grandpa had money. So, uh, Curtis's coworker also pulls up a dividend reinvesting calculator, shows him some figures, and uh, was very, very inspiring for Curtis to see a real-life example of somebody that had made it work. He says, uh, I feel very fortunate I found your and Dave's podcast. You two are awesome and so relatable. This was pretty recent, so I've only had a chance to listen to half a dozen episodes. And he says... Uh, I'm only contributing to my Roth IRA. Um, learn very quickly from my corker. Take free money when you can. And he will take the 5% match. That's a good idea on the 401k. And he says he can throw $1,000 a month into his dividend paying portfolio that he's working on assembling. So awesome to hear, you know, this guy's fired up. I remember being in that spot. I, I still get fired up whenever I get those dividend checks. So it, it's something very cool. It's something that I always like to talk about. Just average people building wealth over a long period of time by letting the stock market kind of work for you. The only thing um, I would just mention before we move on is I know there are contribution limits on a Roth IRA. So when it comes to putting money into a Roth IRA, make sure you're not going over more than 5500 uh, a year. So I think that's for 2018 or 2019. That's the limit. Um, so if, if, if Curtis is throwing $1,000 a month into a portfolio, make sure you're only doing the max for the Roth contribution limit. And then the rest is going to have to be in your regular taxable brokerage account. So you might have an advantage of upping the 401k, you know, like you max out the Roth and then you up your 401k uh, because you get tax benefits doing that rather than investing in a taxable brokerage account. So really cool story. Uh, I love hearing that. And uh, I think we should move on. Uh, What's the next question, Dave? The next question is from Aaron and he says, Hey, Andrew, I'm a new stock investor and have been inspired by your ideas. I am currently reading the free ebook and have been listening to back episodes of the podcast. To date, I have been using Robinhood to dip my toes in the market, but understand it's not a long-term tool slash brokerage. I want to take advantage of drip investing and auto recurring investments into my positions. So I've been 
looking at other brokers. I am leaning towards Ally, but not clear whether I will be charged a commission for every recurring investment. If I'm paying for each commission every month, that seems like it would add up quickly. 495 times 20 positions slash month. What are your thoughts on this and how to navigate commissions when applying auto recurring investments? Thank you. Yeah, good question. Uh, obviously, something that we teach right away is you want to build a portfolio of 20 positions. And the reason for that is you're diversified. So if any one stock crashes or any one company fails, um, you have enough spread out through a bunch of other stocks where you will be able to keep your money and everything will be fine. Like you won't lose too much where it's where it's something you can't come back from. Now, yes, I say build uh, a portfolio to 20 positions. The way I did it and the way you'll see in... Um, if you're a subscriber to the real money portfolio of the e-leather, uh, I built it month by month. So it took me, I was just doing one new stock every month, not 20 each month. So uh, it was one stock each month. I had a full diversified portfolio in just under two years. And so that 495 fee, it was just a one one-time fee every month. And that's what you'll get with with these stocks. If if you use Ally Brokerages, which is the broker we recommend, I use it personally. I have a taxable brokerage account with Ally. I have a Roth IRA with Ally, and I have an Ally Savings account. Um, you'll get a four ninety five commission on that, and it's one time when you buy and one time when you sell. So, you know, ideally you're going to be buying these stocks and hold, if you're trying to drip, you're, you're going to be holding it for a very long time, hopefully. So, you know, obviously you don't want to buy, you don't want to pay like five, five bucks for a stock and then pay a $5 fee. Uh, I, I, the way I would do it, like at very bare minimum is $150 and then paying that $5 fee comes out to somewhere around 3%. So it, it it does, you know, affect returns, but it's not catastrophic. So you do that and you just do it and you pay that fee once a month and you pay it again when you sell. But it, it doesn't add up to, you know, 60 bucks a month or anything like that or 100 bucks a month. It's just a one time fee for each stock you buy. And that's another reason I only buy just one stock every month because, you know, you could buy multiple shares. Let's say you want, say you got a thousand bucks and you want to buy, you want to buy a stock and you want to put a thousand dollars into it and it's going to buy you like a hundred shares. You're not paying four ninety five for each share or each lot of shares. It's just one stock. If you were doing like 200 in one stock and then 200 in another stock, then yeah, each one would get four ninety five. but that's, that's how it works. And, and that's, that's what you have to consider. So yeah, uh, you don't want to have too much, of a proportion of your money going towards fees. But if, if you do what I recommend with the real money portfolio, where we're just doing 150 bucks a month or more, you know, whatever you can afford, then you should have good, re good results over the long term. And um, that's what I do with the real money portfolio. And that's how I think is a great way to get started. It's a good kind of stepping stone from Robin hood. All right. So we got another great question. This one's from Vaughn. Hello, Andrew. I am a new subscriber to your ebook and daily emails. I had a couple questions I wanted to ask to get a little more understanding. 
When looking for the right stocks to invest in, how do you go about that? Is it based on personal interest, morals, or just flat out to gain capital? I went through my app Robinhood and added multiple companies to my watch list in different industries, also adding their competitors. Now, how do I go get to the point of hedging out the competition for my investment? I understand the PE formula and apply it. I also look at the business as it is recurring subscription will be needed. I was just wondering, is there a shorter process of elimination in this, or am I looking at things somewhat correctly for my first buys? Budgeting was always a challenge for me. I struggled to find the best way to keep track of all of my money, not to mention all the time tracking down receipts, cataloging expenses, and trying to figure out what went wrong with my air quote system until Monarch Money. Monarch Money allowed me to easily see what is going on with my finances, helping me get a better handle on my spending, budgets, and more. It's my go-to app every day, more so than my bank, because I can quickly see where I am with my budgets and spending, allowing me to invest more and spend time on the things that I want to do. It's my GPS for money. Monarch is a top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com beginners. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to set up, customize, and use. Monarch has built-in features to collaborate with your partner, family, or financial advisor. Invite them to your account at no extra cost, and they'll get their own login info and a joint view of all of your finances. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. Change the layout of your dashboard, toggle between light and dark mode, create custom budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications, and more. In fact, Monarch Money is one of the first to bring you direct Apple Card, Apple Cash, and savings syncing with the latest iOS 17.4 update. Now you can sync your wallet directly for seamless budgeting. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com beginners. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com beginners for your extended 30-day free trial. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I'd pay for vacations with whatever was in my wallet, but I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. So to answer the first part of the question, you know, uh, do you go based on personal interest, morals, or just flat out to gain capital? For me personally, I'm I'm just buying stocks to flat out gain capital. Obviously, there's different ways that I try to make my impact in the world, and there's different kind of utility for the different things that you kind of pursue. The way I look at it is as my responsibility as a newsletter publisher, as somebody who's giving investment advice, it's not it's not my responsibility to to uh, 
not impress is not the right word, but to kind of push my morals and my values on other people. And so, you know, I, a good example of this is when um, Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger, they had, I think it was back in the 90s, they had this thing where they were doing, they were letting Berkshire shareholders pick uh, where, because a lot of public companies will do this, but they'll they'll donate to charity a certain amount of their profits. And Berkshire uh, definitely does that too. And so they had a program where they were letting, instead of having Warren Buffett decide, hey, this is where our money is going to go for this charity. He said, hey, let's let's let all the shareholders decide where this money is going to go for charity. So, you know, it sounds like kind of the perfect ideal situation and he thought it was going to be great. But then it ended up turning out where because some shareholders picked some controversial charities to donate to, now Buffett himself and, and Buffett and Berkshire and all of their businesses inside of Berkshire now were all associated with these charities that were very controversial. And so people started boycotting everything Buffett because of these donations to these charities. And so he he realized that, you know, it was it was adversely affecting his number one responsibility to his shareholders by by you know trying to kind of take the higher ground in this case so it's something that he you know ended up straying from as far as my personal thing with with stocks i try to recommend stocks i try to buy i'm looking to to gain capital first and then you know if i come across a situation where i think something is so terribly wrong where I wouldn't want to be a part of it, then that's something I might, you know, change a policy in the future. But as it stands right now with the stocks that I've recommended in the past and the ones that I've been looking at, it's, I I try not to, to put my morals into other people to put my values and impress it on other people. And instead just try to make money for shareholders and kind of, do my part in making the community a better place in other ways, if that makes sense. I didn't mean to like go on a really long rant on something that was such a small part of the question. Um, do you, what about you, Dave? Like, are you, are you, where, where do you stand on this? Hey, you, what's the best way to get started in the market? Download Andrew's free ebook at stockmarketpdf.com. You won't regret it. I would. I'm. I'm exactly the same. I, I'm. I'm investing for a flat out capital gain, and I don't want to. You know, I have different morals and and personal interests than you do, and I would not feel right about imposing that on you or anybody else. Just like I would not want somebody to impose it upon me. And again, like you said very eloquently, if I come across a company that I'm investing in and they're doing something that maybe I don't feel is right, then I will probably not invest in that company anymore. I've been lucky that I haven't had that happen yet, but if I did come across that, I would definitely cut it loose uh, just for the fact that I don't want to be associated with that. That's not part of you know my moral values. Now, I know that there are people out there that, that look for the moral values to the company first and then look at the capital gain and there i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that that's just personally not how i choose to go about doing it and you know like you were saying 
you know, I look at my own life and the way I can try to conduct myself out in the world with my daughter and with my work that how I carry myself there, I feel like I have more of an impact than I will on whatever money I invest in a company that's worth, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars. You know, my, my peasley, my measly contribution to that is not going to make much difference, but you know, I feel like I can make more of an impact on society with the way I carry myself and how I handle situations and the things I choose to do are going to have far more impact than anything that I invest in. So I guess that would be my thought. That's very well said. Thanks. So I guess the next part would be to figure out, okay, how, you know, he has some companies on his watch list. So how, I guess, what what's the shorter process of elimination as far as narrowing down? So that's something we kind of covered recently, a couple episodes ago. I say it, it doesn't sound like he, he's using a stock screener, and I would say that's a great place to start. Mm-hmm. Um, using the PE formula, that's great too. Um, but there's there's more to learning about the financials of a stock than just the PE ratio. So I would recommend learning as you know i don't want to say as many as you can because that's you don't want to like overload yourself but uh try to get a more complete picture of a company's finances so not just the earnings but let's also understand what is a company's debt where does that place and it's in the balance sheet by the way and you know uh something basic like price to sales so so you have kind of like a like a tripod to stand on rather than just one pe rate PE ratio, which uh, there's no one magic formula. You're, you're going to have to look at the whole picture and, and, and try to understand in that way. And then <clears throat> once you do that and, and you know being subscribed to my daily emails, I I do try to kind of piecemeal that out as you go along. So that's, that's a good way to kind of learn that over time. And then I would also say, get yourself and try to start using a stock screener. I think it's a much better way it's definitely fun to like look around the world and, and look at the things that you like to buy and the things that you're interested in and look at those stocks and those companies and kind of watch those. But you have to understand that any one person's viewpoint is so limited and the, and the world as a whole is, is so big. And uh, sometimes the only ways that you can quantify like how popular something is or, or how profitable something is or you know how much of an impact it's having on the economy is just straight up with the numbers and so that's why we recommend learning about those ratios because the numbers are going to tell you that story you know uh there's there's so many subcultures and communities and and just different groups that are so far removed from anything i experience anything you experience and it's just it's a big world so learn the big picture things learn you know, go up, move outside of your personal interests and, and try to, you know, take it over time too. You you can be slow with it. I mean, I remember starting out, I, one of my first big discoveries was, uh, Procter and Gamble and Johnson and Johnson, you know, like these, when you start to learn the brands that these huge corporations all own and like Procter and Gamble has so many, you go to the grocery store, it's like half Procter and Gamble. That was something very exciting for me. And it, it's something like as you 
kind of progress as an investor over time, you start to get exposure to these new products, these new industries, these new stocks, these new companies. But you look at it in a different light because now you can look in, into the numbers and you can see, uh, wow, actually, I thought this company was doing great, but look at all their debt. You know, they're, they're like a ticking time bomb. Or look at this company. I didn't know they did this, this, and this. And and you know the numbers look great. It looks like a great investment. I love the company. Uh, and and so you you'll have dialogues with yourself as you kind of learn more. And so don't like be frustrated at trying to find like a a shorter process of elimination, uh, as you as you put it, Vaughn, because I think it's it's a big learning process and. As you research stocks, certain industries will become undervalued at certain times, and there can be great learning opportunities. Like Dave, when you mentioned Trinity Industries uh, a couple episodes ago, and this was a stock that we've been talking about for a while. The first time you mentioned it to me, I just I saw a ticker symbol and I looked at the numbers first, and I saw some really great numbers, but I had no idea that there were these stocks that you know or these railroad these railroad stocks that are transporting goods you know across the united states and and you could invest in them and something today with all the technology we have but it's such a backbone kind of uh mover and driver of the economy right with with the way that they they move things in such a great way so i guess what i'm trying to say is like don't worry too much about like narrowing the process try to try to like expand the process if you can but focus on the big picture things instead of the little picture things and then you won't have to worry about like competitors and and things like that because when you when you understand the basics of of the finances then you can quickly compare you know you can look at an industry and you can compare well the stock I like has pretty decent earnings. It has low debt and it's got great sales. Their competitor might be a little bit bigger, but wow, they have a lot of debt. Here's a third competitor. It's smaller and it, you know, and it, it doesn't, it's not very profitable. So then maybe in that situation, you feel good about the competition. That's something you can do quickly when you understand the numbers. When you don't understand the numbers, you're going to be like a dog chasing its tail. And it's like, it's going to be a never ending cycle of trying to learn, you know, you're, you're trying to pick up these articles here and there and trying to learn different things about the industry and what the analysts are saying and what's going on with the economy. And it's just a backwards way to do it. You know, go for the numbers first. And then once you have that solid foundation, then you can kind of start to learn about the industries, but understanding that that's not the most important thing. And when you do that, I think it makes the learning part a lot more fun yeah that was great advice i I think uh one of the things that i would like to say is the stock screener is a great great way to help parse down what you're looking at and you can simply just use the metrics that andrew talks about in the ebook that you got when you subscribe to his daily emails and that's what i did and i still use it to this day because it's a great way to kind of sort through what you're looking at to get you an idea of is this you know company at a place where it's something that I want to investigate more to invest in 
because all those metrics that Andrew provides in his ebook are metrics that you can use to help you try to find a company that's undervalued because that's really what we're trying to find. It's not necessarily just trying to find a company that we really like and we want to invest in. We also want to find one that's on sale. And because that's going to give us an opportunity to, to grow our investment. If you buy it when it's expensive, it has a choice of either going either more expensive or going down. And if you find something that's on sale and you get a great deal on it, then, you know, that's just a double whammy because you're going to be making even more money as the market adjusts to the underpricing of that particular company, as well as the dividends. If you're investing in a dividend stock, which Andrew and I both highly recommend, if you're doing that, then that's just a double compounding effect. And that's, that's how you, you know, grow the wealth. And I guess to point blank, be somewhat blunt, there is no real shorter shortcut to do this. Just by doing this stock screener, you can, it can help you narrow what you're looking at quite a bit. I guess another thing that I would like to add is when you're looking at these different industries and these multiple companies, how much do you really know about these companies? Because that's one of the other things that we, we want to think about is trying to invest in things that are going to fall into our circle of competence and things that we understand. And, you know, I, for example, work in the restaurant business. I worked in the banking industry. So those are two places that I feel comfortable with in investing in because I understand them and I understand how they work, where their money comes from, everything that's involved in that. And it doesn't mean I have to buy publications and go to the library and study everything I want to know about a restaurant business. I've already working in it. So think about what it is you do for a living and how maybe some of these companies relate to that. Or if they're completely off the, the, the track and let's say that you, you know, are an accountant and you're looking at investing in companies that are in biochem. Well, what do you really know about those? And so I guess that's another way you can help kind of parse down as you're looking and investing in things is try to try to find things that are a interested in and you want to learn more about or are things that you feel comfortable like you understand with what they do, what they sell, what they buy, how they sell, what they sell, what it is that they do and all the things that go wrapped up and around that. Those are all things that can help you make better choices when you're making those investments. And as you get more comfortable, like Andrew was saying, as you get more comfortable with this whole process, it becomes faster and faster and faster. The first time you do anything, it's always going to be slow. But the more that you do things, the better you're going to get at it. And I I mean, I can remember when I first started trying to plug all these metrics into uh, a stock screener, I had to keep looking back at his ebook, you know, which one was that? Which one was this? Which one was that? And then eventually it just got to the point where I was doing it so much, the repetition that it just became second nature. I didn't even have to think about it anymore. And that's what's going to happen to you. The more that you do this, just like anything else, whether you're it's playing guitar, playing piano, shooting baskets, playing pool, whatever it is, any of those things, the more you do it, the better you're going to get at it. And so as you first start out with this, yes, it may feel like it's taken forever and it's really slow. And it's just because it's, it's a, it's a new process for you. It's a new thing for you to learn and you'll just get better and better at it and it will get quicker. But there are no shortcuts to success. And if you don't believe me, ask Michael Jordan (laughs) because he didn't have it either. So I guess that's kind of my thought on that. 
I love that. That's perfect. All right, folks. Well, that is going to wrap up our discussion for tonight. I hope you enjoyed the questions that we read and the answers that we gave. Andrew and I wanted to take a few minutes to answer those questions because there were some great questions and they kind of brought back to the forefront some of the beginner things that we've talked about. And we wanted to make sure that we touched on some subjects and topics that maybe people feel like maybe they haven't gotten to, they haven't gone back into the archives and listened to some of those things and they've kind of come in later on the podcast or people that are coming new to the podcast might give them a little bit more encouragement to not feel like they're in over their heads or overwhelmed. So without any further ado, I'm going to sign us off. You guys go out there and invest with the margin of safety, emphasis on the safety, and have a great week. We'll talk to you all later. We hope you enjoyed this content. Seven Steps to Understanding the Stock Market shows you precisely how to break down the numbers in an engaging and readable way with real-life examples. Get access today at stockmarketpdf.com. Until next time, have a prosperous day. The information contained is for general information and educational purposes only. It is not intended for a substitute for legal, commercial, and or financial advice from a licensed professional. Review our full disclaimer at einvestingforbeginners.com.